analysis you want without the interruptions. Only on twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. Subscribe now through your Amazon Prime account for free. Twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. Attention radio listeners. Get out of town. Wow. Let me have your attention for a moment. Goodness, is that a message? Oh, mommy, please get me out of this game. You aren't paying any attention. Interesting move here, Bill. Shays came into the basketball game. Jim Bayheim has inserted Shays into the game. Big guy inside. Maybe to help eliminate that second or third shot. Well, people in Central New York playing at uh, Roosevelt Bowie. It's the best center Syracuse University has ever had. Your attention, please. This is Centers of Attention. Hey, everybody. Good morning. It is Monday, January 20th, Martin Luther King Day. Here on ESPN Syracuse and around the United States, of course, MLK Day. We have a lot to talk about with that, and also it's a big, big, big sports weekend. This is Centers of Attention. Uh, it's a two-hour extravaganza with five different hosts. Atan Thomas, Roosevelt Bowie, and Pauly Sibilia come your way at 11, but until then, you get the A-team. My name is Seth Everett. He is Danny Shays. Good morning, Danny. How are you? I'm doing excellent, and again, I will be uh, subbing for Atan today. Oh, okay. Uh, he's, uh, <laughs> Speaking somewhere, so I uh, will be doing a double header. Very nice. Uh, so double short little do- sports reference. Uh, you know, so yeah. if you can't, get, if, if you think I'm great on the A team, you know, <laughs> Just wait stick till you around get on the B team, and, <laughs> and you get the double. Like I said, you get the double dose, the double mint gum version of me today. Very so. cool. Very cool. We mentioned today is a Martin Luther King Day, and it, there's there's a couple of things I want to bring up. First of all. It's a significant day in our history, and uh, if you've ever gotten to chan- a chance to be, uh, I was in Memphis and I saw the hotel where Dr. King was killed, and um, you know it, it, it's it's a museum now, and it's a civil rights museum, and it's a very interesting place. My one issue with the day, and it, it I'll, I'll make a sports analogy to kind of explain it. But I don't understand why banks are open today. I don't understand why mail's delivered. Kids are not in school in some parts of America, not all. And it's a very strange, it's like a half holiday, and I want it to be a full holiday. Um, exactly. I don't mind doing the show, don't get me wrong, and we could do the show on holidays. I, I offered to do the show on Thanksgiving. I, that's not the issue. The issue to me, and uh, Danny, I, I want to get your thought on it, is... If you're going to have the day, have the whole day. Like, shut everything down. Uh, this is a strange day. There's mail today. There's there's all kinds of stuff today. And I just think if you're going to do it, go all the way. I agree. It's, uh, you know, it should be a uh, major holiday. I mean, Martin Luther King's legacy you know, not only lives on, but, uh, but today is as relevant or more relevant uh, than ever. So I think that... Uh, uh, certainly, you know, that commemoration is is worthy, and uh, uh, you know his, like I said, his his spirit and his message is is as relevant today as ever. The NBA plays one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Sorry, nine day games today. Uh, there's nine day games in the NBA, and the Crunch are in action uh, here on ESPN Syracuse pregame at 12:45. So the Syracuse Crunch are playing a day game. So like I said, it's kind of a holiday. It's, it, it's most kids are off from school, but I saw on Twitter today like some people aren't. 
I'm thinking to myself, what? Why, well, why not? Like, why would some and not all? So anyway, I don't want well, to make this the a whole... other part is the schools yeah. that are in session. You know, they're for whatever reason, whether it's a you know government mandate locally, whatever. Uh, a lot of them then make it an optional day, right? Because of you know a lot of uh, you know a lot of the students do celebrate the holiday and are are taking off anyway. So, so you're right. It's uh you know there's no reason to three quarter it. It's uh, right. Know, should be the full deal. Just do the full thing. Cancel everything. And and and, and I even asked. I, I I called you know the, the upper management here, and I said, are, are, "Do we have a show today?" I, I asked yesterday. I didn't wait till the morning to find out. <laughs> but I said, "I said, do we have a show today?" Because I just you never know. You know, you, we didn't do shows on the Friday after Thanksgiving, and I, I I just think it's it's apples to apples. And the analogy, the sports analogy, I wanted to make is something with baseball and the national anthem. Um, or not the national anthem, but God bless America. Ah. If you remember, after nine eleven, a tradition started in baseball. It started in New York, and it expanded. That in the seventh inning stretch, before take me out to the ball game, they would sing. They would stop the game and sing God bless America. And as over time, different teams have adopted different policies. For example, in Milwaukee, they do it on Fridays. In Los Angeles, they do it on Sundays, and I don't understand that. And I had this conversation. I'm going to name drop real quick because it's one of my great honors that I I had this conversation with somebody who took my side, and that is the legendary Vin Scully. But I said that if you're going to do it, do it every game or don't do it, Make, but don't have to do it. Don't do it on Fridays. Don't do it on special occasion. Well, there was one team that did it only on holidays like the 4th of July and Memorial Day and, and, and Labor Day. And I was like, no, 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 no. If you're going to honor America, it's it's 90 seconds out of your life. <laughs> Either do it. And if, or if you're asking me to choose, I would say do it. But that's not, you know, <laughs> that's not my choice. If you're a team and you say, you know what? We don't want to do that. We don't want that to be. Then don't do it at all. But don't half. Does that make sense? Well, you could certainly take one second out of 90 pitches to make up the time if it's a length of game conversation. Right. So. right. Please don't tell me it's because the games are too long, because the, na- <laughs> the God bless America is not why the games are too long. <laughs> That's a great point there, Danny. <laughs> uh, yesterday, we had the championship games, the conference championship games. Uh, Kansas City was down again. They were down 10 this time, not 21. Uh, but they came back and all the way back and throttled Tennessee 35-24. So Andy Reid is going to the Super Bowl, and the Kansas City Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl 50 years after their last appearance. Their last appearance was got to be a record because there's only 54 Super Bowls, right? So it's 54 uh, Super Bowls. The Kansas City Chiefs played in Super Bowl four. <laughs> And, you know, great for them. Number one is class organization. you got to love yeah. Andy Reid. Patrick Mahomes, you know, you know, great young superstar. And, uh, you know, close the last couple years and, uh, you know, had been a favorite going in. And, and this is in some ways the monkey off his back. We talked a little bit about this the other day. You never want to be in that category of, you know, greatest player never to win. And, uh, you know, and there's been he's still young, obviously, uh, but the last couple of years ending in disappointment. 
and uh, little, you know, little chatter starting in the background. And uh, not only that, but they've won decisively. I mean, they had a fantastic year, uh, marched through the playoffs in fashion that, uh, you know, I don't know that we've ever seen before. Not only being down in both games, but roaring back at, you know, fifty-point swings in their scores, and uh, you know, just an incredible postseason for them. And super excited that they're going. I am corrected. Uh, banks are closed today. Uh, thank you to Jim who uh, sent me this. Uh, the post office is closed today and most government offices. So I stand corrected. Uh, it's not everything still. And there are some places where there is school. So that's, it's, it's, that, that's what threw me. The school part was what threw me. Um, and some schools are open and some schools are closed. Anyway, um, I, I thought it was great. Um, I saw a picture. Somebody tweeted a picture and I put it on my Twitter feed at Seth underscore Everett of uh, Pat Trick Mahomes when he was, I think, two or three with his mom and, and dad uh, in a Minnesota Twins uniform. And that's when I met him. <laughs> that's when He was three when I met him in spring training 2002 or 2003. Uh, I met him. So that's 20, 20, uh, 18 years ago. So he's, uh, that's when I met him and he was throwing a ball. And he threw the ball to me, and I caught it. So I was one of his first pass receivers. So I just that, that's one of my that's one of my claims to fame. Um, and how were your he, yards after catch? Was, yards uh, after <laughs> nothing, nothing. I just <laughs> gave the ball right back to him for some reason. <laughs> Um, but he was great uh, yesterday and uh, they they are great Kelsey was great Uh, the running attack was good it it was balanced Uh, I'm I'm thrilled for Andy Reid I made the comment to Tommy off the air how could you not like Andy Reid what did he ever do to anybody he was a great coach for Philadelphia they never won the big one he was in the Super Bowl in 2004 uh, and now he comes in, he's had personal tragedy, he's persevered, a lot of people thought he was going to walk away from the game, he doesn't, he's got this great team put together, and he's got this superstar who just seems like a guy you want to root for, and Patrick Mahomes is only going to get bigger. My chances of getting him on a podcast are going to go smaller and smaller, because his <laughs> star is going to lightning rod rise, don't you think? Oh, absolutely. It's, you know, for a guy, again, that for that very question, right, you've had, uh, you know, we've talked about how the NFL is going through this changeover uh, where the old superstar quarterbacks are, um, you know, now kind of cycling out, you know, Tom Brady near the end, Eli Manning on his way out, uh, you, know, the, you know, that group. Is uh, the Drew Breeses and uh, Aaron Rodgers? You know that that group is is nearing the end of their careers, and now you have this incredible uh, you know, group of young quarterbacks coming in, kind of the new the new generation that are uh, going to light it up. Uh, you know, super exciting to watch. You know, the passing game is such a you know is such a high flyer. It's, you know, you're seeing the NBA scoring go up, NFL scoring go up. Uh, you know, this is the equivalent of of relying on the three point shot now with uh, you know guys throwing for 50 touchdowns a year. And, uh, you know, just like I said, what an exciting group of young quarterbacks to watch. And Mahomes is going to be uh, on top of that list. Uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. And then the uh, nightcap. The only problem with the nightcap is it was over quickly. <laughs> is that you needed the nightcap uh, by the second quarter. Yeah, it was, it was over really fast. 27 nothing uh, at one point. The final score was uh, not necessarily indicative of how much of a blowout this was. 37 to 20. Um, but here's the stat for you. Jimmy Garoppolo only threw eight passes. 
So run defense is going to be the thing that Green Bay needs to work on because <laughs> this dude, <laughs> you know, let me get let me get his name. His name is Mostert. Raheem Mostert ran for 220 yards and four touchdowns, set the franchise record for rushing yards in a playoff game. And, and that's was a pretty good franchise nothing. with a pretty good bunch of running backs in a large number of playoff yeah, Roger games. Roger Craig, right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo, eight passes. That was it. And uh, the turnovers also did in the Packers. Uh, two interceptions for Rodgers. He also lost a fumble. Um so they were they were toast and uh a game it, look they've had great games in the postseason this wasn't one of them uh I didn't see the end of it uh, I, I changed the, changed the station and um but the Niners win the early odds and we're going to probably do something with odds later in the show we'll do some of the fun prop bets you know the prop bets for the Super Bowl are the best okay. and uh but the Chiefs are a slight favorite I understand the line was two and a half I may, it may have changed since when I saw it. I haven't seen it like in the last hour, but uh, supposedly the Chiefs are a slight favorite over the Niners. Uh, the game to take place in Miami, and yeah, Super Bowl. Well, what, I'm, what I'm excited about for this matchup is you have two franchises with great histories uh, that have gone through you know rebuilding. Uh, the Chiefs are probably a little bit ahead of the rebuilding where they were uh, been knocking on the door for a while. Uh, but the 49ers, who were at the bottom of the barrel a few years ago, made the big trade with with uh, New England to get uh, Garoppolo. Now they've built the whole team uh, in the, just in the last, what, three years, two two years? And now they're right back at the top, uh, you know, essentially best record in the NFC and, uh, you know, lighten it up. So it's great to see these two storied franchises back in it. And the Chiefs, you got to love, uh, you know, a team making it after 50 years, uh, so it's uh, it's going to be tough to to pick a a team to root for in this one. Who are you rooting for? <sighs> I'm torn. I'm very torn. Right? It's but the the Patrick Mahomes thing and this the Latroy the Hawkins Andy connection. Reed. I'm I'm kind of leaning that way. Although um, Anthony Guido, which is that's a great last name, he <laughs> is the president of the 49ers, and the Niners had a press release. I want to say six weeks ago. They had a press release. They had this new thing. I talked about it on the show here, uh, but it wasn't with you, so I'll, I'll tell it again real quick. But they did this this neat thing at their their home stadium, and the no, the home stadium, and and so because of that, Tony Guido came on my Sports with Friends podcast, and he did a really nice episode. It was more interesting than I thought it would be, since I didn't know who he was, and. It turned out to be, you know, I did some research and it, it it turned out to be a really neat conversation and I dig him a lot. So I'm very torn between the Chiefs and the Niners. I like both organizations. So the story with the Niners, they were trying to curtail, they're trying to make the Bark experience better in modern times. Right. And I think Syracuse fans will want to take note of this because they're, re, you know, they're renovating the Dome. And it's interesting to hear this this strategy. So in a nutshell, what it is, is if you are a season ticket holder, you get an like a code on your phone or something like you get. Maybe it's a printout. You get a code. And every time you go up to get food, you don't pay for it. 
Now, I'm not going to say it's free because you paid for the ticket. You know what I mean? Like the, right. Those tickets aren't cheap, but you don't pay for food. So basically, if you're a season ticket holder for the Niners, you go to your seat and you want chicken fingers and a beer. You go up, you get them, you show your little card, and voila, you're, you, you don't pay for them. If you bought them on the secondary market, meaning StubHub, SeatGeek, or any of those apps, you pay for your food. Hmm. So it was interesting. I, I found that interesting. And he gave a whole reason, and it was very interesting. And I was I was taken aback. And I, I said I would record the interview, and I wasn't sure I was even putting it on the podcast because I was like, I don't know. But he turned out to be a really interesting guy, and it's an interesting idea. It's kind of the modern way of looking at games because – the fan, you know, the, the live experience is fighting with these big screen TVs and the home sure. experience. And it's a, it's a chance. It's affecting all sports. And uh, the Niners are trying to take that on head on, so to speak. So well, quick, quick side story. Uh, in sure. my career as a sports economist, we were doing a project with a company that did facial and emotion recognition. And the idea was you could turn the arena into a live focus group by seeing what fans were looking at and how they were reacting. And in this case, in basketball games, were they reacting to the Jumbotron, to the halftime show, to the you know, dance team, whatever it was. And you could, in theory, and we were kind of starting to look at that, uh, track people in the stadium. Same thing what you're talking about with a couple of different technologies. So they go by the gift shop and boom, a, a coupon pops onto their phone or they go by the snack bar. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Boom, yeah. a yeah. You know, thing pops on their phone. Uh-huh. And uh, again, and, and the, the point is the teams are trying to find out who's actually at the games. Uh, to help their sponsors better connect with fans. So, you know, if, uh, you know, the way it's typically done, if you buy four seats for your family, then it goes in the roster as four white males age 45. And, but naturally, that's not who's going to the game, right? So, uh, so there's this, there's this big thing on, on teams trying to find out who is actually at the game. You know, how many children, how many women, how many, uh, you know, different, uh, you know, different age groups. Uh, so they could better make the fan experience better. Uh, and then, unfortunately, Apple bought the company that did our facial recognition. So now when you look at your phone, you can, and it unlocks, you can think of me that that's... Oh, that that's kinda, cool. That kind of killed yeah, my deal. Yeah, that's very cool. So, oh, that's very yeah, cool. So, I'm, I'm glad you tell that story. That, that's really... That's, that, wow. Hold on, hold on. I've got to text the boss. He said something <laughs> interesting to Oh, my Gay. God. What are the odds? Do I get a raise? <laughs> Bonus? <laughs> do I get bonus points? Do I get mileage? Miles? What do I get? Oh man, that's funny. All right. Uh, so it's the oh, Niners and the Chiefs, and obviously funny much and more. Interesting. I get double points. Okay, <laughs> moving on. It's Niners and Chiefs, and we'll be uh, we'll be at uh, nauseum. We'll be talking about this game. We'll be so sick of this uh, matchup until they they get it. And uh, if anybody knows, by the way, you can hit me up on Twitter. Uh, at Seth underscore Everett, who's wearing a red jerseys? Because they're both red. It's the first time in Super Bowl history that both teams have red as their dominant color. So it'll be interesting to see who wears the red jerseys. All right. Uh, meanwhile, in sports, uh, there was a Syracuse game uh, this weekend. They had uh, they had a game at Virginia Tech and they won it. We okay. will discuss that and more right here on ESPN Syracuse. On Twitch, Q Sports Talk, and on the radio, ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. This is Centers of Attention. All right, back here on ESPN Syracuse. I got a tweet 
Uh, in re- I love social media. I love it. I love it. Uh, the 49ers are actually pushing the NFL to allow them to wear their old school all white uniforms. Ooh. If successful, then KC would wear the red. Which I'm fine with. I don't know. I, I kind of think the game would look better. You guys tell me if you disagree with this, but in football, because it's not it's it's not home and road, like you the home team can wear whatever they want. And in some matchups, the like for example, if the Miami Dolphins are ever in the Super Bowl, they should wear white. I don't see the Miami Dolphins in their dark jerseys. In my head, if you close your eyes, I would say the same thing about the Dallas Cowboys. When you hear, when you think Dallas Cowboys, they're in white. Wouldn't you say? Well, and the Dolphins, of course, you're going back to the '72 team, which is the uh, the other one right. you remember, right? Being in white, so right. Uh, and you and the then, Cowboys, they, they look. You know, I like the uh, the white, the white, right? But the New York Giants, you picture in blue, in blue, right? Right. You just, it just it's just there's certain teams. You know, the Pittsburgh Steelers, you picture in black. So in this game, in this matchup, I would say that the Kansas City uniforms are interchangeable. That in my in my mind's eye, I see Kansas City, if they're wearing white or red, it's not much of a difference. Right. They kind of look the same either way. It's just inverted, you know? Whereas mm-hmm. the Niners, I see in red. I, I agree. Yeah, because you're used to the Montana teams that were always in Correct. red when they were in the Super Bowls. Correct. And, uh, and I think, believe it or not, I think the Reds are different enough. They could probably both wear red and, and you know, you'd be able to tell the difference. Uh, although, see, the NBA has screwed me up with this because it used to be uh, oh, the NBA home hate, teams were yes. always in white or, you always. know, the home colors, whiter. The Lakers had gold, you know, their light color and then the dark right. color on the road. Now they've they it, changed a merchandising right. thing where now it's it seems more random or they're just trying to sell more jerseys because they got all these inter, you know, interchangeable ones. I turn on the game. I don't know who's a home team. It's you like don't I, know, I don't know the who court. the teams are. Right. Yeah. I, I don't look at the court are. and see who's a home team. It's yep. uh, it really throws Completely me off. Agree. And I'm, you know, and I'm a guy who has a pretty good feel for, you know, for the NBA. And it still still drives me nuts. No, and and it's not like old fuddy duddy. Like that's not what it's. That's not what I think it means. I, I just think it right. means. I I I think it's it's bonkers. It, it, the NBA it, it, it's taken it too far, in my in my opinion. Like I understand third jerseys. I've always joked that I wanted if if you were going to tell me like a fantasy job, my fantasy job is I want to be the uniform police. Right. I would love to have all power on all sports, and I would fix the uniforms. I would get rid of those stupid uh, pink hats in baseball and the blue hats in baseball. I know there's good causes behind them. They still look idiotic. Um, I would get rid of, of – I would make hockey teams wear white at home again because I think that's missed. That's a lost art. And in the NBA – Oh my God! With your crazy jerseys, wear them all during warmups. But put your regular uniforms on when you start the game, please. Because oh my God, it's so confusing. I don't know who any of these teams are, and I—we're sports people. We know these things. It's weird. Well, you'll get a kick out of this, and then we'll move on. I was doing an ESPN game at Long Beach State, and I had done uh, the you know a game a couple of weeks earlier at Long Beach, and so I'm doing my second game there. And I show up at the game, and it's blackout night. It's that one night a year where they wear the special jersey. You've told me this, yeah. <laughs> so I show up, and I'm looking, and I go, I, I think this is going to be a real issue. They take off their, their warm-ups, and they're wearing black jerseys with black numbers with no names on them. And 
you know, for a team that I know a little bit, you know, I know their starters, and you know, but when guys are running up and down and things are happening, oh my God, talk about the nightmare of all time. Trying to essentially nobody had numbers on because you, uh, you know, the black on black, they weren't even outlined. It was just oh, black numbers brutal. on a black shirt. Brutal. And uh, so I was like, I was luckily I had a good play-by-play guy who was who was calling all the names out. So I'd wait till he'd say something. Yeah, you're right. Johnson said a great pick on that play. You know, it was like. Had to had to muddle through that one, but uh, yeah, it's, yeah. Plus, it's not like you know, I got twenty year old eyes at the time, right? So I'm squinting, yeah, yeah. got the glasses. Ugh. So up yeah, on, it's, uh, there's, yeah, there's some there's some uniform nightmares out there for sure. Up on the hill, this isn't a uniform nightmare. It's just to show you how dumb I am. <laughs> up on the hill uh, on Syracuse's campus, WAR has their archives, and. I, for one, am not a play-by-play guy. I can't do it. I'm, I'm bad. Uh, no, no. I've done it. I'm not good. And I was calling a Syracuse lacrosse game, and I thought I had a bang-bang uh, call. I finally had a call where it wasn't butchered. It was good. And uh, it, this is from the 90s, so, so Syracuse fans, you'll remember some of these names. Roy Colsey. I thought scored the game, the goal. <laughs> and it was like, in the pass, and a shot, and a score, and Roy Colsey has the goal. And I was all pumped up. I'm high-fiving my partner. I'm doing all this stuff. And you hear the public address, because even if there's 15,000 in the dome, that's echoey. <laughs> the right. public address is really loud. And you hear, Syracuse goal scored by number 16, Charlie Lockwood. <laughs> and I was like, whoops. <laughs> 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 I just remember messing that up, and we had that audio, and the audio up against the call where you should hear the exact opposite guy calling it. That they used to play that for me and make fun of me and all that all the time. All right, all right. Uh, we said we were going to do Syracuse basketball. We still will. That's coming up next. He's Danny Shays. I'm Seth Everett. Shenanigans continue here on ESPN Syracuse. On Twitch, Q Sports Talk, and on the radio, ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. This is Centers of Attention. All right, back here on ESPN Syracuse. Glad you could be with us. Seth Everett, Danny Shades, Centers of Attention. Uh, normally, Aton Thomas, Roosevelt Bowie, and Paulie Sebelia come up at the top of the hour. Danny is sitting in for a ton. So Rosie and Shades will be your active right. action later on coming up at the top the of the originals. Right. See, we're coming up with a cool name, the, like the, the you know the originals, the founders, the something you know because hmm. because you have to remember that Rosie and I did launch the the Jim Beheim era. And oh yeah, that, that'll work great with millennials. If you, if you don't have Rosie <laughs> and me, the first two you know, recruiting classes, you put them you know they launch right on the map, national program right out of the box. There you go. And, of course, you know, Rosie gets 80% of the credit. I get 20 but we'll, you know, I still want myself in there, you know. And coming up at 11.15, Danny will get his revenge. Exactly. <laughs> uh, all right. Syracuse was 1-3 in the conference at the end of, uh, in the beginning of July. They are now 4-3, and three, and they're actually in the top half of the ACC standings. Um you combo that with Louisville's big upset of Duke, which we should talk about. Syracuse is now four and three in the conference. What's different? What's changed? What What is the missing link here? Is it just that they're hitting shots? No, actually, I think it's just that their defense is, is is getting better. If you look at the last at the two games they lose by a possession, 
Right, Virginia Tech, they, they, they're in control the entire game. They give up this huge run in the second half, what, 21-4, to four, that turns the game around, they lose by a possession, right? And that was, you know, sluggish defense, a couple of, uh, you know, a couple of brain locks on uh, shooters given two four-point plays, you know, a bunch of turnovers. Uh, so that that's one of the games that got away. Uh, against Notre Dame, a team they should beat, uh, you know, give up, uh, what, 18 three-pointers against Notre Dame, another game that gets away. Uh, the last couple of games, their defense has been, has been uh, dare I say, uh, pretty good. Uh, you know, they guarded the three-point line, and uh, they, uh, they've, they hustled on the boards. They, uh, and against Virginia Tech, who'd have thought 30-plus points in the paint? I mean, when have we ever seen that? You know, that shows you, uh, you know, part two of the conversation is the ACC isn't the ACC right now. Uh, you know, you have three good teams out of 15. You have uh, another 10 teams that are all semi-interchangeable, you know, that they'll be going up and down the entire season. And so now it's who can win close games because you're just going to have a lot of games coming down to the to the wire. Excuse lost two in a row we talked about. Uh, now the last three, they've uh, two of them were down to one possession games that they got back because they you know, made good plays. I think Virginia Tech threw that one away if, you know at least at least their last opportunity to win it with a horrible play at the, on the last possession uh, mm-hmm. but you know i think their confidence is showing that they feel that they can win close games and you know the, two of those three wins are, are, are close ones overtime of course and and then uh, virginia tech having the ball in the last possession to win it and, uh, and and that's the key that having that confidence to win close games is probably the biggest skill it's going to take to you know to be in the top half of the acc yeah, you said it in the beginning, uh, and you said it uh, when we, you and I first started doing the show, and uh, it, it's held true so far. Uh, they've changed their fates, I mean, uh, big time. Uh, if you look at the ACC standings, which is very interesting, and it's very uh, tenuous, so you oh, know, yeah, <laughs> you got to keep winning. <laughs> but, One loss, uh, you go Fl- down five spots. I mean, it's, right, uh, right. So Florida that's the way State, it's to be right now. Right, so Florida State and Louisville are tied uh, at the top spot at six and one. Seminoles have won nine in a row. Louisville's won four in a row, including beating Duke, and that puts Duke into I guess that's third place, even though it's just one game behind uh, at five and two in the conference, fifteen and three overall. But they've lost two in a row now. Uh, so then you have a cluster of four schools: uh, Syracuse, Virginia Tech, NC State, and Virginia, and. Syracuse, and they're all four and three. So if you can beat Notre Dame, and Notre Dame's at just two and four, although one of their victories is against the Orange, you go to five and three. Now you're just a half game behind uh, Duke. I mean, it's it, it's it's crazy to say, but you know we warned this at the beginning because Syracuse was playing so badly, and right. and we were talking about it. I don't think we were over exaggerating it. It was it was really troubling uh, how ineffective they were. And we said, but the ACC is down. It's top heavy, but it's down. And lo and behold, you know, you look at some of these teams, and some of these teams are really, really scuffling. Exactly. And and again, every every game, you know, we talk about, you know, is this a must win game? Is this a must win game? And this is one of those kind of crazy years where every game uh, is going to be have have ramifications because there's going to be so many teams clustered in this middle pack. Uh, that you know every win is going to be precious, and that's why you know letting the, the Notre Dame game at home slip away uh, is a big deal because at the end of the year, uh, you know one win can get you from from ninth to you know to fifth, 
and and you know that's the difference between maybe making the tournament, maybe not having a seed, better seed in the in the conference tournament. Right, uh, the plus, conference now, tournament that that's where this could be a big key because if you play in that deal. upper echelon, you, there's one less game you have to play. Plus, yep. if you're favored to win one of those games, now all of a sudden you're in the semifinals. What? What? <laughs> like, exactly. And and so the, we talked about Virginia Tech being a double game. On the one hand, you have to get the win, but on the other hand, you lost one, so you need this one back to be in the tiebreaker. Uh, Notre Dame, the same case. You gave one away, but now you got to get this game back because uh, it's another tiebreaker game. So if uh, you know if you're close to Notre Dame in the standings, you don't want to be down 0-2 in the season. That gets you to lose a tiebreaker. So every advantage you can get is going to be a huge deal. So I see this team you know, scrapping for every win, but there's a lot of wins out there. They do not have this brutal schedule where you're playing six teams in the top ten. Uh, you know, so you got ten games, uh, you know, twelve games against ranked teams because they have you know seven in the top twenty-five. And uh, you know, so this is a you know you can be optimistic, but we could be you know next week just as easily going. Well, we lost two in a row. We went to thirteenth, and. So again, there's no resting on your laurels. There's no saying, "Oh, wow, we won three in a row. We got it going on." You know, this is not that season, right? And and that's why I'm going to want you. You say, you know, the Notre Dame game. That's a good example. I want one of those Barkley Center games back. You know what I mean? I want the Georgetown game back. I want one of those because then you're you're four and three in the conference. Four and three in the conference. I have no issue with. It's the I want I want to have twelve or thirteen wins now. And then all of a sudden, you, you just your whole season looks so different, and uh, right. we'll see. It we'll does, see. but the difference is, Seth, that the games in the gar- in, in Barclays they were never in. They didn't Correct. give those games away. They just weren't playing well. No, it's, and it's a good point. Was yeah. the same way. They they weren't really you know that wasn't a game that they were you know in position to win. Uh, where you know Notre Dame, Virginia Tech at home, those were the ones. Uh, that if you look at it, you say, "Wow, they got it! You know, they're they're getting some momentum. They're going if they could. I mean, ironically, if they win one of those, they're in first place in the conference. I mean, duh. So you know, that just goes to show you how this thing's going to change game over game. This team could go easily from fourth to twelfth, uh, you know, in a two-game swing. Buddy Bayheim had eighteen points in a row. <laughs> he was on a streak where he had six consecutive shots, two of them from three-point range. He was just a monster. It was in the first half of the Virginia Tech game. And what I like is when you see something like that, how smart Gerard was and everybody else to not try to do anything else. Just keep getting him the ball. <laughs> Basketball 101, feed the hot hand. Uh, when you got a mismatch, you go at it. And what was interesting is Virginia Tech was very slow to adjust. Because you think by three scores in a row, they say, hey, you know, when he puts the ball on the floor, run at him. And, uh, you know, they didn't. And, you know, Syracuse did an, did an amazing job with their, when I say their smalls, uh, you know, you look at Buddy Bayheim and, and Elijah Hughes, guys getting in the paint. You know, we scored 30-plus points in the paint uh, where we had games where we had four points in the paint, right? This is not an inside-scoring team. Uh, Virginia Tech has nothing at the rim. Uh, you know, the announcers kept saying, well, there's no shot blocking back there. There's nothing to keep Syracuse from going to the basket. And Virginia Tech did not adjust. They didn't double team. They didn't uh, sag in. They just said, look, guys, we're playing them one-on-one. We're not going to give up the three. Uh, you know, take your chances on the twos, and, and let's get going. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting uh, time, and it's, a, it's fun. And that's all I asked for. Remember when we said just make They're this entertaining. fun? Just entertain me, and it's been entertaining, and they play Notre Dame on Wednesday. 
uh, in South Bend, and uh, pregame coverage starts like now. Um, no, <laughs> no starts with the crack. It's early. No, day. we'll have uh, we'll have regular pregame, regular, and I think we're doing Twitch only postgame. I, I gotta look, uh, but we'll have all those details as we get closer to Wednesday, and so that's going to be a big event Wednesday night, and it'll give us some some fun, fun and just. That's all we're looking for. So let's enjoy that. All right. Um, still to come, uh, we'll get we'll put a lid on this one, and we'll see what else we might have missed in sports. Uh, do any of the baseball teams have managers? And we're like 10 days away from spring training. Okay. Uh, no, no rush. No rush. Just take your time. No problem. We'll talk about that next here on ESPN Syracuse. On Twitch, Q Sports Talk. And on the radio, ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. This is Centers of Attention. Hey, this portion of the show is brought to you by Bill Rapp Superstore's Rapid Purchase. Enjoy the entire car buying process from your laptop, tablet, or mobile device at BillRapp.com. Seth Everett, Danny Shays with you until the top of the hour. Um, the other half of Centers of Attention is coming up at the top. They are getting ready in the bullpen, we sort of speak, uh, as they are getting set. Uh, Danny will come in, sit in for a ton with Roosevelt and Pauly. Um, last night, uh, they had the SAG Awards. And for all the people who ripped those award shows, the SAG Awards are really good because there's no performances, no host, and no fluff. It's just the awards, and it's really cool because you're voted on by your peers, so you vote for it, and I think that's kind of neat. I, that's better than a than a Hollywood foreign press or some random committee that you never heard of. You right. know what I mean? And it's it, it, it and it's really good acting, and it's all about acting. It's not about the director. It's not about the screenplay. It's it's just the actors, and uh, I, I had a blast. I, I really enjoy it, and it's also two hours as opposed to three and a half, so if you see the pattern, <laughs> since I hate baseball, um, <laughs> I like shorter events, but uh, Joaquin Phoenix won for best uh, uh, actor male for his performance as the Joker in the movie Joker. And I have said before, I can't stand that movie. I, 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 I wish I had the two hours back. And I've never been so wrong. Like, I, I just, all these people were praising him. And in his speech, he referenced the late Heath Ledger, called him his idol. He said, my idol, Heath Ledger. And all it did was remind me that I loved Heath Ledger's performance of the Joker so much better. <laughs> So, I have well, I was two act- theories. I was actually in a feature film once. I still get residuals. You um, do? I do. I do. I was what in was the movie, movie Eddie with Whoopi Goldberg. I played a, a tall white basketball player. For those of you who remember the movie <laughs> Eddie, uh, the character Eddie was a uh, uh, won a contest to be the coach of the Knicks. So Whoopi Goldberg <laughs> was coaching the Knicks, and they actually used NBA players and played in. Uh, they used uh, the, the old Charlotte Coliseum as MSG, and they you know made it look a little bit like the Garden, and, and they used a bunch of NBA played against a bunch of NBA teams, and so uh, I was with Phoenix at the time, and the five we had on the court was uh, myself, Joe Klein, Danny Manning, Wayman Tisdale, 
and an extra. <laughs> so nice. we had like four centers and an extra were, were the team. Uh, nice. It was a lot of fun, though. Yeah, Whoopi and I hung out in front of the taco bar at the uh, – uh, the little commissary area, so we got to chat for a few minutes, and I still get, did. You uh, did you get your SAG card? I, I did, and I still get I still get residuals. I get that's uh, awesome. Every month I get a, you know sometimes a quarter, sometimes a buck and a half, sometimes nice. I've actually gotten a two cent check in the mail. A two and, cent uh, check, very nice. Took them four nice. bucks to print it, mail it, lick the stamp, you know all that, but you know I got my two cent check. So, uh, so it was well, fun. yeah, so never so I get it. never I, have you been one to not get your two cents on this show. <laughs> And and a quick ironic story for you. Okay. Okay, so the movie opens, and to show how big basketball fan Whoopi Goldberg is, it opens with her answering machine. And, hi, this is Eddie, leave a message. And she does a trivia question, and if you don't get the question right, she doesn't call you back. That's the (laughs) the gimmick. Well, it turns out that the question, I have to remember what the exact question was, but the answer was Dolph Shays. (laughs) <laughs> so, so believe it or not. So there you go. My six degrees of separation to uh, to the view. Yep. Whoopi Goldberg played uh, Edwina Eddie Franklin. Frank Langella uh, yep. played William Burgess Wild Bill. Yeah. Um, and they I'm were trying to look for time. any. John that Sally the, played Nate Wilson. Dating. Gary yeah. Payton was in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, Herb Williams, John Starks, Kurt Rambis, Kurt Chris Herman, Marv uh, Albert, Walt Frazier also appeared yeah. in this movie, no, and I that, had no idea this existed. I think Dwayne Shinsis was in that movie, too, wasn't he? Didn't he play like the Ivan Drago character? Is, is, uh, was, <laughs> was Dwayne Shinsis in that? I think was in that one. Well, how about that? Just when you thought you didn't learn something here, we are a full-service radio show. And a Twitch show, so even better there. All right, uh, stay tuned. Coming up, the uh, second half of Centers of Attention. We'll see if they disagreed with everything we said here. Danny will report back (laughs) for us tomorrow at 10. Uh, For Danny Shays and for Tommy and everybody else on the Twitch side who helped put this show together, thank you very much, as always. We'll see you tomorrow morning at 10 here on ESPN Syracuse.